Would you remain standing as we hear from the word of the Lord from John 3, 1 through 17. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of, is are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of the Lord. So most of you know we're part of a church planting network called Harbor Network. Um, it's about 12-year-old network, started in 2010. There's about 115 churches across the country, and there's four of our churches here in Charlotte. Our church, Steadfast Church, is over in Matthews. Uh, Citizens Church is in Uptown Charlotte. They meet at the Dowd YMCA. And the fourth church is being planted in the next couple of years by Ramon Belagamba. Now, I've known Ramon for about 10 years. We crossed paths back at RTS uh, when I was there uh, right after I came to Charlotte. We spent the last couple of days together in Florida uh, at a retreat for ch church planters through, the, through Harbor Network. Um, and so I'm really excited to be able to invite Ramon to come and speak today um, to share right in our Lent series from these readings from I Served You Up, maybe the easiest passage of all time, John 3.16. Um, so standards are high. Um, thanks for being here, Ramon. And uh, let's uh, receive the word of God from him today. Yeah. Can you hear me all right? Okay, okay. Let me fix this a little bit. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot, lot, lot better. A lot better. <laughs> Good morning, Redeemer Church. Um, it's a pleasure to be with y'all this morning. Um, as Josh has said, I've had the pleasure of knowing your lead pastor for almost 10 years. And I remember 
uh, years ago when he was dreaming of planting. And um, it's always a beauty and a joy to see a congregation. And I remember the, the concept and the vision. Um, so it's a blessing to be with you all. Uh, within the next year, we're hoping to plant in East Charlotte um, a little church called Christ City Fellowship. And, uh, you know, if you know a little bit about East Charlotte, which is Charlotte, you know, we want to be in Middle East Charlotte, which is about 20 minutes or so from here. Um, East Charlotte in North Carolina and arguably the Southeast as well is the most um, ethnically and socioeconomically diverse um, part of our state and, and potentially um, the Southeast. Um, one of our area high schools, uh, East Mech, is actually uh, the most eth ethnically and socioeconomically diverse um, high school in the whole Southeast. Uh, so we desire to be a church in the way of Jesus um, that exists to live as a family on mission in East Charlotte. Um, we're committed to making disciples, um, living for the common good, and embodying the way of the kingdom. Um, so that's a little bit about um, what we're seeking to do. I beseech your prayers, uh, beloved, for Christ City Fellowship um, as it comes to mind. Um, and we hope to launch later this year or in the beginning of next year, um, definitely. Um, so now I'm going to transition and let's go before the Lord in prayer. Holy Father, um, great is your faithfulness, uh, great is your goodness, your long-suffering um, with us, your people. Um, grateful that we could always be uh, before you. Um, and I just ask now, um, Holy Spirit, um, that you illumine hearts and minds uh, to receive your truth and that Christ may be glorified um, through the preaching of uh, this text and your people leave um, convicted, encouraged, and strengthened in the Lord and to faith in you. We ask for that. We ask that all through Jesus Christ our Lord in his holy name. Amen. So uh, this morning I'm preaching a a message entitled uh, Faith for Renewal. Um, it's a pleasure to preach in your, your Lent series. So I want to say um, something that kind of happened to me this week. Um, so going to the doctor is something that I think we all can relate to. Um, some of us are indifferent to it. Some of us dread it, just being honest. Some of us avoid it at all costs. And heading to the doctor this past Monday was how my week began. It wasn't my primary care doctor that I was going to, as I actually spent time with the optometrist, because I needed an eye exam. And you can kind of see I wear glasses, so I definitely need that. But part of the eye exam um, is checking for the health of your eyes. And this could be done two ways. It could be done through dilation or non-dilation. So in my case, option one was free, and the other was, unfortunately, another additional $50. I had already spent $70 on a copay for my visit, and I went with that free option of dilation. So dilation is the enlarging of the pupils of your eyes by eye drops, so that the eye doctor can see inside to the back of your eyes. And when the pupils of our eyes are fully dilated, our vision up close is affected as things become so blurry and our eyes grow so sensitive to light, especially sunlight. And our primary sense of vision is greatly impacted. And it takes sometimes generally up to like six hours to regain our normal vision. So most of the daytime on Monday, I could not see. So people were texting me and I was just like, I, I don't know what they're saying. 
Like I literally for hours had to speak a voice text to everything I did. And it just really just threw off my day. And I was unable to do any work because of the dilation of my eyes. So in a similar way, annually, the season of Lent over the last 1800 years has offered Christians all across the world an opportunity to have an eye exam of the eyes of our hearts. And this is a season of examination through extended time in the scriptures to enlarge the eyes of our hearts. And this time of introspection allows us to know the health of our souls. As we remember that God has called us to live in accordance to his words that we read in the scriptures. So as we engage the spiritual practices of Lent, the eyes of our heart are enlarged. And we can see clearly when our spiritual vision is impacted. We can detect the blurriness and the sensitivity to the light of the eyes of our heart. And one thing I can attest to is that we learned from our time in John 3 this morning is that unbelief, spiritual blindness, and darkness, they always go together. And for people who still are living according to the ways of this world, we can all agree that all three of those states go together. But in this season of Lent, us in Christ too often find areas where our hearts are impacted by unbelief, spiritual blindness, and darkness. So for us, a healthy Lent includes honesty, confession, repentance, recovery, and renewal. And we need this rule and rhythm of Lent yearly because our hearts so often drift from our first love. And our hearts need to return to King Jesus. So I want y'all to know that our text today reminds us that only faith in Jesus will lead to repentance and renewal. That faith in Jesus will lead to repentance and renewal. So last week, y'all spent time in the wilderness. And on this second Sunday of Lent, we meet Jesus with Nicodemus in Jerusalem. During, speaking to him one night during the Passover festival. And this is after Jesus already cleansed the temple in Jerusalem. And John let us know that Jesus wasn't trusting the hearts of those in Jerusalem that believed in him. And some things of note that I want y'all to take, take heart to in relation to our text is that John, quite frequently in his gospel, uses night. And usually when he uses night, it's seen at least three other times in, in, in John, to, for metaphorically, to, to tell you for moral and spiritual darkness. That's one thing. John also often refers to darkness as the realm of evil, untruth, and unbelief. And only one other time do you see in the Gospels an individual like come to Jesus. And that one other time is when Ju Judas Iscariot came to Jesus. So lastly, John also uses dualisms in his gospel and therefore drawing out important messages for comparisons. So in our text this morning, we see implicitly, we see light and darkness. And explicitly, we see that John is speaking to earthly and heavenly realities in our text. And we are already quickly learning that unbelief is a stumbling block for anyone's spiritual journey.
and not what we desire for ourselves during the season of Lent. So let us first look at how Nicodemus is plagued by the darkness. So Nicodemus, like every other human being since the sin of our first parents, Adam and Eve, is spiritually dead. They are dead in their trespasses and their sins. And the gravity of our state apart from the grace of God is literally mission impossible for humanity. And Nicodemus, who is a religious leader in Jerusalem at this time, should already know this. But his interaction with Jesus shows us that he doesn't know and that he is utterly lost. So the, verse, the first nine verses of our text make clear a few things. He sees Jesus only as a great teacher, which shows that Nicodemus is plagued by unbelief. And then next, in verse 4, we see that the folly of his spiritual ignorance by his response in verse 4. And also, we see his spiritual blindness. And even though that he actually knows all of the Jewish scriptures, he should know them like the, the front and the back of his hands, we see that he still is utterly lost in verse 9. So, above it all, it shows to us, Redeemer family, that Nicodemus is outside of the kingdom of God. And that he cannot penetrate the deep spiritual truths that Jesus is giving to him. And that he is still plagued by the darkness and that he is not born again or born above by the Holy Spirit. So being born again is a common phrase, or some people say born above. And this indicates the Christian doctrine of regeneration. And the way that we can say about regeneration is it is the creative work of the Holy Spirit and renewing the whole person. So this doctrine of regeneration is what the Old Testament prophets prophesied about. So we've read it in, we've read it in uh, Jeremiah uh, 31. We've read it in Ezekiel 36 and 37 in particular. So Nicodemus had no excuse for not being so familiar with it. And the reality of it all is that when Jesus entered into the world, Nicodemus and his blindness couldn't even see the savior of the world. So regeneration hasn't occurred for Nicodemus as his heart posture and seeing the signs of Jesus in Jerusalem should have lined up very well with our first two verses that we saw a little bit earlier in Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So living in darkness is living in a fractured reality, a reality that we cannot fix without the help of the Lord. That's what that text tells us. And this is what Jesus tells Nicodemus is the problem in verses 3 through 8. But because he is enslaved in darkness, he can't really understand the fractured reality that he actually lives in. So I want you all to think about this. When the wrong fuel is placed in our gas tank, it clogs up the carburetor, and our car engine can't even function. Thick and messy gunk fills it up until it overwhelms the engine, and the carburetor no longer works, and we are in need of a replacement because it can't be rebuilt. So this is our hearts because of the pollution of sin in our human nature. Our hearts don't need repair. Our hearts can't be rebuilt. We need a complete replacement. 
And this is what the Holy Spirit provides and renewal by faith in the gospel. Brothers and sisters, before we responded by faith in the gospel, our hearts were plagued by the same darkness as Nicodemus. Can't we be grateful that God's grace has visited our lives so that we could be free from sin in Christ? But even though we have hearts renewed by the Spirit, Redeemer family, the reality is that we could get caught up in the darkness. This is a part of our reality, reality if we are in Christ that we have to be honest about. It is why our lives must be marked by our continual faith in Jesus and repentance from our sins. And this is why it's so important, the corporate liturgy that you go through every Sunday, because we need this constant repentance and renewal. It is when we believe in the lie of self-sufficiency that we get caught in the darkness again. This is the lie we sadly believe all too often. When we do, we get caught up in this spin cycle of darkness. And the spin cycle of darkness is unbelief, ignorance, injury, and idolatry. This is why the annual season of Lent is so important to our life in Christ. The check engine light of our hearts can be on, and we are so sadly ignoring it. And, all, and we all know that ignoring the check engine light, that's going to have consequences. And sometimes they're very costly consequences. So failing to accept the annual invitation of the season of Lent can have devastating consequences for our souls. If we don't spend time drawing closer to God to examine our souls, testing our faith, spending time in self-analysis, we don't know that our souls have a check engine light on. So easily, we can ignore the need for rest, refreshment, recovery, renewal, and repentance. Ignoring this need can only lead over time, saints, our hearts to exhaustion, discontentment, apathy, and falling into temptation and sin. The constant need for rest and recovery with the season of Lent is so very well described by New Testament scholar N.T. Wright when he says, Lent is a time for discipline, for confession, for honesty. Not because God is mean or fault finding or finger pointing, but because he wants us to know the joy of being cleaned out, ready for all the good things he now has in store. It's because our hearts get caught up in the darkness that we need the annual cleansing during the season of Lent. We need, the, we need to do the spiritual maintenance as we don't want to have that blurry vision or light sensitivity in our spiritual vision. We want to dwell in the light fully and pushing out the darkness our hearts that they reside in. So for us, beloved, this means that we have to not give into the lie of self-sufficiency, but lean, lean into the heart posture of God dependency. Our faith in Jesus has to be enlarging during the season of Lent for us to truly be leaning in. And as we start the season of Lent, I want y'all to just rest, recover, spend time in the scriptures, I want y'all to lean in during the season of Lent. And because it's so, so easily that we, we have to continually make sure that we lean in, is because we have to remember that Jesus dies so that we can live in the light. 
So Jesus doesn't leave Nicodemus nor us without a way to push us out of the darkness that we've inherited. He shares with us this way in verses 13 through 17, which reads, No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. As, as, as Josh has told us, these are so familiar verses to us. But let us not grow apathetic or, or not look at these verses with glee and zeal. And especially this is so important because we live in such a pluralistic culture and everyone believes that they have access to God. We could be spiritual, but not religious. But the true reality that we find from this text is that without faith in Jesus, only thing that stands in that place is eternal judgment and that people remain blind and unable to enter the kingdom of God. And that they live, remain living in a damaged and fractured reality. So when one has a fracture, they need a doctor to help heal the fracture. Surgery is needed to place the fracture back into place. And as John 3.16 tells us, our world needed one who could heal our fractured reality. And Jesus, the son, was the one that the father sent. So his creation, including us, could be made whole again. That we could be made whole that we could be recreated in the image of the Son. And that Jesus is the one and the only one who can close the deal that releases people from sin and darkness, separating them from God. His sacrificial death was the only way that one could live in the light. And it is by faith in his death that we could live too into God's eternal life and into the light of the kingdom. So even when we drift, closer to darkness than his light. We in Christ have a good shepherd who pursues us. May it be a comfort, brothers and sisters, that our Lord Jesus always comes for us. Let also involves us recognizing that indeed he has to seek us out because we as his sheep get lost from time to time. It's not hard for us to drift away. But God, but God, rich in his mercy for us, which is truly unceasing and everlasting. In his love and his mercy, Jesus has, it, has returned for us as God desires for all people to be rescued, for them to be offered the truth of the gospel, the good news. And, we, and also that we can see in these chapters, in chapter 3, in chapter 4 in John's gospel, that because of darkness and all of humanity, that we all need to believe in Jesus. It doesn't matter if you're in Israel's ruling class, like Nicodemus, or the Samaritan woman by the well who needed living water, or it was political royalty that needed to be healed. They all had the same answer, just like every soul that we meet and we pass by every day. They needed Jesus to live in the light. And we learn from these texts that the new creation in God's presence does not discriminate. And all that is required for all in this life is to believe in Jesus' message and his identity. 
Remember, we talked about that with Nicodemus. He only saw him as a teacher. He didn't see Nicodemus as, he didn't see Jesus as God. And that was a problem because he was not in the, in the sight of the kingdom of God. So even more in this age of doubt that we live in culturally, we have to be all the more confident in the gospel as we look at these texts in the season of Lent, that these texts that, that we saw on the screen today and that we should, that should, we should read this week, that we just don't just look at them and just move on with our day, but that we spend time. We spend time contemplating them, that we spend time meditating on those scriptures, that we spend time praying some of these scriptures. Let it seep deep into your hearts. Let your soul be reformed more and more into the image of Christ. That's what Jesus wants for you. He wants to capture your hearts. He doesn't want anything else. He just desires to be loved because he only infinitely greater loves us in a greater way. So let's hold on to this gospel promise in Romans 4, 5. But to one who without works trusts him who justifies the ungodly, such faith is reckoned as righteousness. So no doubt, believing in the good news of Jesus is the only way to transfer from darkness to light. It's the only way that we can continue growing in the gospel faithfully. Jesus is the only way. And we, we remember this by, think, by knowing that by faith in Jesus, we live in the light. It's by faith in Jesus that we live in the light. So as we engage the means of grace that God has given his people during the season of Lent, these spiritual practices, it's for us to grow in repentance and renewal and our souls for Jesus. And if we are earnestly seeking God during our invitation to Lent, we know that Jesus is meeting us at the place of our needs, that he's always there. And he's compelling us to put away the sins in our lives that have gotten in the way of us following him so closely. And there are two major questions that I want y'all to, to meditate and chew on this week. First one, what sins and idols are keeping you from living in the, fully in the light of Jesus? What sins and idols are keep you, keeping you from fully living in the light with Jesus? That's the first one. Second question, what sins and idols have gotten in the way of our callings? What sins and idols have gotten in the way of our callings? It is only as we are contemplating, meditating, and reflecting on the gospel in relation to our lives during the season of Lent, will we continue becoming whole in a fractured world? Our world is only getting more and more polarized, y'all. And if the people of God don't dig deep with Jesus, we only fray to the left or the right as well. We don't need that. A healthy season of Lent is grazing in the Gospels. We should be grazing in the Gospels right now and seeing all the ways that Jesus is our great prophet, priest, and king. That's what we should be doing. And if we do that, this is going to help us live with the cross enlarging in the eyes of our hearts so that we can live in the fullness 
of the light of the kingdom of God. And that we will also be growing in Christ-likeness during this season. That should be our aim. As it's a healthy desire for us to be growing mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And us growing in these areas, living in the light, we can grow in our service for the sake of others. Like Jesus brought you into his, his kingdom for the sake of others. So Redeemer, may the passion of this help you grow in witnessing and social action during Lent. As proclaiming the gospel and engaging in justice work during Lent is to remember that we look for a city whose builder and maker is God. A city whose builder and his maker is God. This is what Abraham left for in, in, in chapter 12 in Genesis that we read this morning because he had that vision. He had that vision that we could be a blessing to the nations. And I don't know about your neighbors, y'all, but Charlotte has so many nations right here. And we need to proclaim the gospel. We need to witness in word and deed. We got to lean into that reality that the Holy Spirit is still saving people. We don't know who it may be because we don't know how the wind will blow. But, beloved, he's still in the saving business. And we have to live into that reality that our lives, moment to moment, day to day, should be shaped by the culture of heaven more than the culture of this fallen world. A question we have to ask ourselves, are we pursuing deeper repentance and belief throughout the year so that we can cooperate with the spirit and growing in Christ-likeness in every area of life? If you could be honest and that answer is no, the good news is that Lent offers a time for us to recalibrate our lives to the way of the kingdom. We don't have to live in shame, but we can live in Christ mercy for us. This is mercy that is new every morning for us. It's the way of God's greatest glory. And we can lead with love and sacrifice and service and the wisdom of Christ in our areas of life with others. So when we're at work, we can seek to serve as a sign or a foretaste to the kingdom of God in our worth ethic and in our witness. And whether at home, as we pursue growing in Christ's likeness, as a son, as a daughter, as a husband, as a father, as a grandfather, as a grandmother, as a brother and a sister. What about in the neighborhood, as we seek loving and caring and crying with our neighbors, as Christ cares for us? This should be our response, living by faith in Jesus, leading to our repentance and renewal. Yeah. Jesus shows we can't see him as Lord or Savior without the Holy Spirit. Showing him to us as a sacrificial king, as the Lamb of God who died to atone for the curse of sin on creation and humanity. That good news. That without Jesus dying for our redemption, there is no way for reconciliation with God. As there's no way for regeneration without the Holy Spirit, making us new and applying the work of Christ to our lives. And if you are with us this morning and you are not yet Christian, 
I want you to please consider that there is no way outside of Jesus that anyone can avoid God's wrath and eternal judgment. That they can enter the kingdom of God that, we've, that we read about in today's text or receive eternal life. That Jesus living, dying, and rising for the judgment of your sin was God's plan for you to be reconciled with God. That you no longer have to live as an enemy, but today you can become a child of God. No longer do you need to live in a life plagued by darkness. Come walk in the light of the kingdom of God today. Jesus will gladly take your yes and the God's people can say amen. amen. So beloved, lastly, love Jesus deeply, always, and continue to join him on his mission daily. And only our growing faith in Jesus in every area of life will lead to repentance and renewal our hearts need in this season of Lent. That's what we need. We need to return. If we've been caught up in that darkness, we got to turn our hearts back. We can't just stay there. This is the time. Our world always needs us. And I feel like we're in, in greater need, especially in our city. These last, I've, I've, I'm not from Charlotte, but these last 10 years, I've only seen it grow in darkness. Moving from New York City to here, it's light to 2013 and 2023. Charlotte doesn't look the same. We need the people of God to pursue repentance and renewal. I pray that for you, Redeemer family. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, so grateful um, for your grace in our lives that we could always return to you because mercy is your love language for us in this age of the Spirit. We pray. Um, that Redeemer Church can continue to, to grow and multiply and lift um, up you in your name that be hallowed in Matthews to the, end of the, the ends of the earth. We pray just great is your faithfulness and we want to lean into that um, during this season of Lent as the cross is enlarged in our hearts and that we can see your presence clearer and clearer throughout the days, and that we can be living our lives unto you. We ask for much grace. Thankful for your mercies. We pray this all in Jesus' name.